1: Mino Line Media presents the Business First Podcast. Hi, all,
0: and welcome to a new episode of Business First with Sonia Aline. I am your host. And today we have a great guest in studio because she is going to talk to us about how to turn your passion into your paycheck and so welcome please Tiffany Ford known as the small biz guru
1: welcome <laughs> Tiffany thank you thank you for having me Sonia I really am happy to be here and share my story share my journey share some tips and tools for everybody yeah I, I, we're happy to have you here and um, you know on one of the first things you see on your
0: your website when you go on is turn your passion into a paycheck which yeah. is a dream for most of us whether whether we want to be entrepreneur or
1: not. Um, Would you say that that is your reality currently? That is currently my reality. I am absolutely living out every bit of my dream and my passion. Um, And because of that, you know, I feel like I am able to um, achieve whatever I want to achieve just because I love what I'm doing. And
0: What I love about your story is um, it it seems as if you are able to help people achieve their passion or achieve their dream of of living out their passion, no matter where they come from, no matter what their background is. Like It's that your background shouldn't deprive you or deter you from wanting to live out your dream. Is that true?
1: That is true. That is absolutely correct.
0: So tell us a little bit about your background. You're originally from Philadelphia.
1: Yes, I am from Philadelphia, West Philadelphia, born and raised. You know, that's me. Um, I am a... Oldest, the oldest of three daughters. Um, I come from a household um, that I would I actually let me talk about where I lived. You know, I lived in the heart of West Southwest Philadelphia, which is one of the hardest neighborhoods in Philadelphia. Um, it is a neighborhood of Sadness, it's a neighborhood of crime, it's a neighborhood of poverty, all of that. But that I didn't allow, allow that to define me. Um, I was able to figure out what I wanted to do, thankfully, you know, at a fairly young age. And I was able to persevere despite my circumstance. I came from a household where I had drug abuse in my home, I had domestic violence in my home. And while the crazy part is, I had parents who were amazing. So it's just one of those things where, you know, just because things look this way on the outside, it doesn't mean that's what's happening behind closed doors. And I was definitely a a, a product of that type of situation, but I did not let it get the best of me. And today, you know, I am operating six childcare facilities. Um, simply off of my passion. My passion has always been education, children, and arts. Those are my three things. I use education, children, and arts as my escape from my reality at times at a young age. And I realized that this is what makes me happy. This is what makes me fulfilled. Um, and I was able to figure out how to make an income off of it.
0: You know, we often hear that the arts has been um, an escape for for many famous people have talked about that. What is it about the arts? What is what is it about performing um, yeah. that yeah. gives you a space that makes you feel like a, that gives you a safe space?
1: Yeah, so I feel like um, I was one of those kids who had a really hard time expressing their feelings. I really couldn't do it. And I'm going to be honest, as an adult, I still struggle. You know what I mean? It's still a very serious struggle of mine, and I'm more intentional about doing it because I know that it's something that I have to work on. But as a child, I didn't recognize that. But when I got on the dance floor, I was a dancer. Um, thank goodness, you know, my mom put me in dance at the age of four, and I stayed dancing all the way through adulthood. Um, um, but when I get on the dance floor everything that I know That's happening at home, at school, in my neighborhood All that went out the window, that didn't matter You know, I had a place to express myself Through movement, Um, I had a place For eyes to be on me, you know what I mean Especially on stage But in class, you know, class was definitely A big piece because that is where You shine, you know, sometimes you think the stage Is where you shine, but it really happens in class Because you see your growth You see your growth, your teachers see your growth Your peers see your growth And it really gave me the confidence that I needed um, To step out on faith and achieve whatever I needed to achieve.
0: What is it that you think that you've taken from that experience that has made you successful in cultivating the lives of these young children? That I, think,
1: I think if I had to pick anything, it would absolutely be um, the stick to itness. Um, and what that means is it's so easy, especially as a child, to want to give up something that is taking you away from your social group, that's taking time out of your schedule. You know what I mean? But... That grind and that grit is the same thing that has kept me even throughout my business journey. Um, I'm not I'm not going to give up. You know what I mean? There are hard days every single day. I'm faced with a different challenge. I'm faced with um, a different problem. And most people, the problems that I've seen and even in my own business will crack under pressure. But I'm going to go ahead and pay it, pay it forward to the arts and say it was the arts that gave me that that uh, work ethic that sticks to this to help me keep going. Wow.
0: You know, when you talk about um, challenges and pressure, it's really different when you're working with children. Like if you're working with um, projects or object or any kind of object. Right. You know, you, you yeah. feel like you can recover from a mistake when you're working with children. Yeah. Um, yeah, there, there's kind of no leeway in terms of, of managing the safety and well-being of a child. And so how, how do you manage that, like that, the pressure of the responsibility?
1: So it's funny that you asked that, Sonia, because every day somebody asks me that you got a lot on your plate. You know what I mean? I do. I have a lot on my plate. Um, but I have found power in teamwork. Um, I found That with strong leadership, and I would consider myself a strong leader, um, I have been able to cultivate a team that understands my purpose, understands my mission, understands my values, and um, understands that I'm not here to play any games. Like, you know what I mean? Like, listen, you know, this is my livelihood and it's yours as well. And for that being said, our children and what they need have to come first in everything that we do.
0: And so what were you doing before you opened your first center?
1: So I graduated from Westchester University in 2006. Um, I graduated actually as an education major. Um, my mother was a school teacher, so I followed in her footsteps as well. But I graduated like during that mid-year point. So like December, not June. And as you know, you know most schools start in September. So I wasn't really able to get a job straight out of college. So I wound up going into social work. Unbelievable, Unbeknownst to me, it was actually something that I enjoyed. And I did social work for about three or four years before I decided to go back to the child care sector, to early child care education. But in social work, I saw a lot. Um, And it made my purpose and my passion even greater because I saw the need of our children from not the educational side, but the child welfare side. I was able to see that there are children that need advocates they really need advocates. They need voices because they're not able to speak and say the things that they want to say. But um, that that right there was my stance and it gave me the the, cur- the courage that I needed to go back into the childcare and education sector.
0: Yeah, it's interesting that you say that you enjoyed social work. I, I've <laughs> heard a lot from social workers and usually they talk about how stressful it is and how it is. hard it is and, and how they're trying to exit. And so yeah. what was it about that environment was it was it you really understanding their challenges or understanding yeah. you know it's
1: what they needed me. to yeah it absolutely was it was me understanding their challenges because I was them you know what I mean I was these children no I know one thing that I can say I was not coming from an impoverished background. My parents had very good jobs. They were able to provide for us, but the emotional safety um, was not there in my home. You know what I mean? There was no emotional protection. And to me, sometimes I feel like that's even worse. You know what I mean? So I've I've been in those kids shoes. I understood what it it meant to um, need someone that understood. And I was that person for sure. Yeah. No,
0: and I'm glad you clarified that because I was not trying to imply that you had come from an Irish no. background, but I know mm-hmm. that it is really important for the system to mm-hmm. have people that, that understand you know, mm-hmm. what these kids are going through and, and, and what they need. For sure. And so at what point did you say, all right, you know what, I'm going to set up something that I can run, that I can control where I have full influence on, Um, on these children that that need my support?
1: Yeah. So uh, to be completely honest, it wasn't until I got pregnant with my daughter. I was about 24 years old and I got pregnant with my daughter and this thing came over me where I just wanted to be involved in my own daughter's life. As much as I possibly could. So I decided that it was time for me to leave social work and I was going to open a childcare facility because I could still get the best of both worlds. I could have my daughter and I could still be able to work with children in the way that I wanted to work with them um, under my own parameters. Not necessarily my own parameters because there's always regulations you have to follow, but the way that I saw it. And that was my that was when I stepped out and I decided I was going to open a family child care center. And I took this big risk in having these children in my home because that is invading, you know, sometimes your personal space. It was it was rough for the first couple of years. But, yes, I took care for children in my home uh, with the assistance of my husband at that time. And he and I, we did it. We ran with it. And um we had so many interests, I guess, word of mouth spread. They always say word of mouth is the best advertisement. Word of mouth spread. And then um, eventually I got my first location, commercial location, and that just evolved and it just kept going and growing and growing. And the good thing about me is I stayed right in the same community. I refused to go outside of Southwest Philadelphia because I want to I want to work with my own people. And that's just it.
0: Right, I love that.
1: Yeah. So what would you advise someone when you said it kept
0: growing and growing? Like mm-hmm. how is it that you know when it is to expand? Because the the idea even when you first had it was big enough and overwhelming yeah. enough. And yeah. so how do you or what was your process for deciding, okay, I need another location and I need a, another location and I need a, another location? Like how is it that you expanded into these yeah. these other businesses?
1: I never expanded without evaluating the need. Um, It was really important to evaluate the need of the service that I was providing, as well as the net profit that I was making. Um, If I wasn't bringing in an an actual net profit, then there was no reason for me to consider expanding. Um, Once I got to the point where the need and the net profit had reached where I needed to be, I'm like, okay, well, it's time. It's time to consider another location. It's time to start scalping out different places. And at that point, I had my own clientele. So. It, it was just an open door. It was a revolving door. You know, one family would come in; they would, their children would grow up, but they would have another child, so they're back again. So there's, there's definitely the need. <laughs> Where did you find the
0: courage to yeah. grow as much as you, as you did? You didn't really have a blueprint. You just really had the passion to, to move this project forward. And, and, um, you know, a lot of us have are excited about these ideas, but. a a lot of us to retreat from our ideas because we're scared about like what the responsibility is or how are we going to actually do it? But what would you say like really motivated you to say, yes, I can do this and I will do this.
1: Um, It was really important that I found a really good um, coach or mentor in this process. So prior to me Between me doing social work and opening my own facility, I did find a mentor and I worked under her uh, for about a year just so that I could understand the business and I could understand um, exactly what would be expected of me. But with that being said, she remained my mentor for about four years into me opening my first commercial location. Um, And with that, I was able to go to her uh, for advice things I should do, things I should not do. And then from there, you know, my network grew and I had another um, whole nother family of child care providers, you know what I mean, that I'm able to speak with and get information from. That's the one thing that I can advise anybody that's listening. I would always advise you to find a coach or a mentor. And sometimes, believe it or not, you know, you think the mentor is going to have all the answers. Sometimes they don't. They don't. And you learn exactly what not to do from the things that they're doing, too. So it can go both ways in either way. Any lesson learned is a lesson learned. So yeah, yeah,
0: I know one of the things that you focus on in your um, facilities is early child care development, which doesn't get talked a lot about enough about in our community. And so talk to us a little bit about why that's so important. Yes. For for parents to understand and for educators to understand.
1: Okay, so I want to speak from the parents point first. Um, I think that parents really have to understand their role in their child's education. And I love the fact. That we are the first people to introduce that. As an early child care provider, you know, I go above and beyond um, to provide experiences. I don't say opportunities, I say experiences um, for my families because I want them to see that being involved is rewarding. Um, being involved in your child's educational decisions, even in their homework, their projects, whatever that is, it's rewarding. And with the hope of these, these same principles that we're teaching in early child care, Traveling with them throughout their school career. Um, so every year we have a graduating class this year. We have 23 students that are graduating um, from our program and going to kindergarten this year. But, um, and, but at the end of every year, I always charge my parents and I charge them um, with remembering that they are always their child's first advocate. So that is that that is key uh, for me. As far, what was the other part of your question? You asked me one more piece yeah, today. The
0: importance for, for parents and for educators to understand yeah. that as well.
1: For educators, I have so many people that come into our facility um, that say, oh, I want to work with kids oh, I love love children. Um, But quickly they learn after a few weeks of being there that this is more than just working with children. We are literally laying the foundation for the rest of their education. We're teaching them critical thinking. Um, We're opening up their eyes to problem solving. We're opening their eyes to social and emotional development. All of these things are key when these children go to school. And it really does there is a huge difference between children who attend early childcare facilities and children who do not, especially in the African American community.
0: What do you hope to I don't like necessarily like the word legacy, but what would you like your your imprint to be on your community based on the work that you've that you've done?
1: Um, I would say that I would want anybody um, that had to remember me or if I had to leave a legacy, I would just want it to be just the importance of following your dreams, you know, following your dreams, figuring out what it is that you love, um, figuring out what it is that makes you happy um, and follow it all the way through. Don't give up. Don't get discouraged. Remember me as that person who did not give up. And that's it. Mm -hmm.
0: So you've pivoted a little because Mm -hmm. you have a strong background in early child care development and performing arts programs, but now you're also helping people find their passion and develop their businesses. And so when did that happen?
1: Yeah, I want to say it was about three years ago um, when I realized that I had a lot of people just... on asking questions, just saying how? How did you do this? Why did you do this? The same questions you're asking. Like, what What kept you get with the courage? Why weren't you scared? And I found myself having these conversations over and over and over with people. And I said, you know what? It's time for me to put together some type of forum, some type of community where we can support each other. And that's exactly what I did. Um, and not only are we doing it community-based, I'm doing it individually as well. Um, a lot of the Services that I provide can either be provided independently, or it can be provided in a group setting, depending upon what people want. But what it is is it's us really narrowing down their passion. And you'd be surprised how many people have so many things that they're good at, but they're not sure which one will bring in some revenue. Because that's ultimately what we need to survive. We need money. You know what I mean? So we want to make sure that we have the right ideas, the right passion um, to cultivate your. Empire,
0: (laughs) So you offer I know I've noticed that you offer three distinct services, but what's the full range of business consulting that that you provide?
1: Yes. So, number one, um, I start with simply creating LLCs, um, helping people understand the importance of LLCs, understanding what they are what type of uh, business structure you want to go with nine times out of 10 is an LLC. Um, oh, and I also help with, from there, helping them gain their uh, business credit, helping them understand the importance of business credit and establishing it. The next service that I provide is business strategy calls, which are simply, hey, let's look at your goals, no matter where you are in your business. You could be just starting or you could be refacing your business, whatever you want. We're going to look at the goals and we're going to set a time line for how we're going to achieve the, the next steps in your business and we set a clear path and we do some check-ins every now and then if they as often as they want they can check in on an hourly basis with me and I'll give guidance for and look at the progress that they've made since the last time we've met and we'll set some new goals for the next time that we meet and then the third thing is our marketing strategies um, I have found that marketing is key a lot of us start businesses but don't realize the importance of marketing um, so what What I do with my marketing consults, we're really looking at your industry. We're figuring out who your competitors are. We're figuring out what the buzzwords we need to use are, what your marketing uh, should look like, um, making sure that it appeals to your audience. Um, Not only that, I'm helping develop logos. I have a very good eye for that. And that just came over time and classes and coursework. Again, anything that I do, you know, I had to be trained because not only... Of course, I started as a as an educator, but I've taken okay. this next steps, you know to make sure that I understand exactly what's needed to grow my businesses, and so I can help you grow yours too.
0: You mentioned that marketing was um, can be challenging for people. Yeah. I was going to ask, what do you think is if if it is marketing, then what's the second one what's the the, the biggest challenge that you see that most um, entrepreneurs struggle with? finances,
1: finances and delegation
0: and delegation
1: mm-hmm. finances, and delegation we think because we're small business owners we have to do everything by ourselves and that is not the case um i've seen that the most successful small businesses still keep the corporate motto you know I look at myself and my business as a, as a project manager. I do not look at myself as an owner. I'm literally delegating tasks all day long to my team to get everything done. There's no way that one person can accomplish everything in in order to grow. That is the thing. You have to have a team. And then people don't understand how to get the funding to start their business. They don't understand um, that a lot of the time for-profit grants they're they're very difficult to get. So it does work off of credit. It does work off of understanding how to use business credit, how to leverage your own credit to be a guarantor for your business credit. All of that goes hand in hand.
0: And that's a learning. That's that's those are some of the services that people can yeah. expect when they come. Absolutely. Yeah. And Definitely. see
1: what when
0: you speak to groups, what is it that you really try and get across to them mm-hmm. in terms of the importance of, you know, solidifying themselves in business?
1: Yes. What we do is when I'm speaking with a group, of course, the group is usually um, very much concentrated and focused where it would be a group of only child care providers or a group of only, you know, hobbyists, whatever it is, it's usually concentrated into one or one ordeal. But nonetheless, when I'm speaking to them, we're talking about the steps um, that it takes to open a business. Nine times out of 10, we're starting from the basis. And then if that group wants to come back for more information, we'll go to the next thing in there, the next topic in their series, whether it's marketing or whether it's um, just simply business planning. But we always start with just understanding the steps and opening of the business.
0: What would you say is your biggest lesson in, or or maybe one of the, the your, your biggest takeaways in your overall journey?
1: My biggest takeaway in my overall journey is everybody cannot come with you. You know, what's for you is for you. What's for me is for me. I'm a giver. I'm one of those people that just want to see the whole world win. That is me, you know. But I re- quickly realized, you know, that the only thing that I can do is educate and give information. I can't necessarily take you on my journey because everybody doesn't deserve to be there. Um, and that has been a, definitely a lesson for me.
0: That's interesting. Cause sometimes we want to bring people. Yeah. Like we, so we, sometimes we want to bring them along anyway. Right.
1: We can't and, uh, do that.
0: We, we cannot. Yeah. Yeah. So what is next for um, Tiffany Ford in terms of the, the business development? Cause that yeah. looks vibrant and exciting. <laughs> so we see that growing Yeah, you also got this dynamic, business over here with the children and yeah. education around performance and all of that where do you see yourself going as this you are truly a serial entrepreneur
1: i am truly a serial
0: where do you see yourself
1: Within the next five years, I really want to um, hone in on merging the arts and education together under one platform. Right now, um, I know we spoke about the childcare facility, but I do have a performing arts academy as well um, that operates totally separate. Of course, it's with children as well, but it operates totally separate from the childcare facilities. But I am in the process of merging the two together. I actually just secured a new location, 6,800 square feet building, square foot building, so that I can carry out this dream. I'm so excited um, to merge my preschool with my performing arts, and we're going to be creating a performing arts preschool.
0: That's one of the things that, I mean, I I think we're seeing it a little bit more now in public schools. There was a time when there wasn't a lot
1: of performing arts, there
0: wasn't a lot of athletics, and and that was kind of like the cry from the community. These are the things that they've taken away from children. So, I know you know, but I'd like you to explain like what you think that that could do for children combining the two of them together. Like what what should parents understand about the importance about having this creative arm or having this 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 connection, even with with education?
1: Yes, I'm glad that you said parents because I feel like they're definitely the starting point. Um, And the, my urge to combine them, of course, is for the children, but it's more so for the parents because parents need to understand that the way to keep our children off the streets is to have them engaged in things that they enjoy doing. Um, you know what I mean? It's really important that they understand that when kids find an interest in something and nine times out of 10, I'm not going to say every kid has an interest in arts, but there are so many different art forms. There's something that suits everybody in in any way, whether it be vocal, whether it be drama, whether it be theater, whether it be dance, whatever it is, there's something for everybody. And when they find an interest in it, that is the very thing that you can use as leverage for their education, as a motivation for them to do well in school. It's that thing where they make friends, where they build the community, where they feel socially accepted. All of those things are confidence builders for them to be able to go to school and be able to carry out those same values and ethics that they're learning in those performing arts programs and their classrooms.
0: Yeah. When you talked about confidence, it must be something for you as an educator to see a child blossom or see them develop that confidence. So tell us a little bit about what that's like to watch these children blossom in front of you.
1: Oh, it's amazing. First of all, it's crazy because um, I want to say my core group of students are all around the same age as my daughter. Because, again, I started this whole thing when my daughter was born, who's now almost 15 years old. So to watch even these girls, you know what I mean? They all started dance together. They all went to preschool together Um, to watch them grow together as a unit. I mean, they move. Together, it's crazy. They just know that they don't have to go out into the world and find friends because their friends are right here, and they all have the same likes and interests. They don't have that that need and that want to impress that person over there. Because guess what, I got a family over here. You know what I mean? Um, and it's just amazing to see the light bulb go off in these girls' head when they're working on skills, whether it be in school or whether it be in the arts, um, that they. We're not able to achieve at one point, but then all of a sudden, bam, I can do it. And they just light up like a ray of sunshine. It's just amazing. It's amazing to watch. It really is. And it's so fulfilling um, as an adult to know that you played. I played a part in that. Played
0: a part it. So what would it take for you to, to create this model in different places throughout the country?
1: <laughs> well, I haven't thought about that. It, I, so yeah, I don't know. So yeah, so the thing is, you know, my platform is Making Your parents. In your paycheck. My passion is my community. Um, so I don't even know if that's something that I want to do. <laughs> really? I, thought, I think that's interesting. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's something that I want to do. Um, having, somebody else asked me that question and I don't think I gave it real thought, but Nine times out of 10, I don't think that's what I want to do. I want to say right here in Southwest Philadelphia, because I think that's where people need it. that that's these what people need, we need it. Wow.
0: Well, you know, yeah. well, we, and I'm, I'm speaking for the audience, we commend you, you. Um, in that because it is important. I, I think sometimes we can like either want to stretch ourselves too big or, yeah. I don't want to say the vision gets too big, but it, yeah. it's so much easier sometimes to create impact where you can actually touch yeah and and influence everything than to yeah. you know either franchise it out or yeah. or, or do some some other things um, yeah. and so um, thank you for the work that you're doing in West thank Philadelphia, because you. Thank we you so, so many more of you in thank other you so parts of, of our communities throughout the country, throughout the world.
1: Actually. thank you listen, and so I, the thing that I can do is just work with the people that are interested in um starting these things and just making them understand their importance and the role that they can play in the lives of these children.
0: Okay, and so maybe that'll be your role
1: in terms yeah, that, maybe that of showing be.
0: people how to do that, how to create blueprints <laughs> in different parts of them. Because we need it. We definitely need it. Yeah. Um, thank you so much, Tiffany, for coming and sharing your gifts and your light um, and your expertise. This has been great, and we would definitely love to have you back as you continue to grow. And particularly when you combine the um, the school. We'd love to hear about, you know, what that's looking like and what support you need and um, and yeah, just whatever encouragement and support that you need from from the listening community. So thank you so much.
1: Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for having me. Thank you. I'm glad to share. Thank you. And so where can we follow you? connect
0: with you, stay in touch?
1: Yeah, the best way to reach me is on Instagram. Um, if you go to my Instagram page, is Tiffany underscore the small biz guru. Um, and right in my link tree, there's a link to every business, every endeavor that I have. And you can take a look at that, including the consultations if you are interested. Alrighty. Well, thank you
0: again. And um, yeah, we look forward to following your success. And like I said before, having you back at some point. Thank you so much. Thank you all for listening. And we'll be back again next week with another dynamic guest.
1: The Business First Podcast is hosted and produced by Sonia Aline, Executive Producer Ken Johnson. Find the Business First Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcast on social media on ig at business underscore first underscore podcast follow the mean o-line media podcast network on ig at mean Oline line media get the mean Online line media app in the app store or google play the business first podcast is a mean Old line media production
0: everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich
1: but you're the filet fish sandwich all day